0: Hey there, and welcome to the Terrence Fisher Podcast. So, we're talking about the subject of religion and spirituality, and today I want to zoom in on another subject or aspect that is dealt with in the context of religion, which is the subject of sex, soulmates, and soul ties and I wanna talk about how these things intertwine. So soul ties are thought of as this sort of binding connection made between people, usually through sexual activity and specifically intercourse sex that is extremely difficult or near impossible to break. And it's thought of to be accompanied by things like guilt, strife, and pain. Now, there's so much that is sort of wrong with the idea of soul ties that I even hardly know where to begin. But since we're talking about it in the context of religion and spirituality, sort of, I'll start by saying that there is absolutely no mention of the ideas, at least the way that we define soul ties. There's no mention of it in the Bible or the Quran or the Bhagavad Gita or anything like that. Now, I know that the Bible specifically speaks of things like joining two people together and such like that in marriage and all of that kind of stuff. But it has nothing to do with this particular spin on soul ties that we put on it. Now, the next thing that is wrong is that soul ties are only thought to be formed through sex and more specifically unmarried sex because I guess it doesn't matter as much or it doesn't matter at all if you have a couple that's together that is married. So it deals specifically with unmarried sex. And even this idea is unsupported because there are people who have sexual escapades and flings and one-night stands and all of that kind of stuff. And they do this kind of stuff all of the time with no sort of emotional attachment at all. And we even tend to say things like this is especially true for men, as, you know, it's thought that men can have sex with a woman and not have any sort of emotional attachment or attachment to that woman at all. And another thing that is wrong with this idea of soul ties is, and this is sort of a circular thing, which makes it really weird, but it's also presumed that we all as humans are not already connected on this spiritual level anyway, So I think we've confused the idea of emotional attachments to the religious idea of soul ties. Now, I'll admit that there may be an argument or some arguments that can be made on a certain level or from a certain perspective as it pertains to things like soul ties. You know, in science, for example, there is a tendency for particular forms of matter and energy to attract themselves to become connected with other forms of energy and matter. So if you're under the disposition or belief that we're all made of matter and energy, then there absolutely can exist this form of connection. But again, this has nothing to do with the connection formed through sexual activities as we speak of it in our human language. So there's just, you know, certain people and places and things that we tend to be attracted to and that we attract to us at any given time. Our energy state infinitely vibrates at different frequency levels. So, you know, today you might find him or her attractive, and five years from now it's a completely different story, and vice versa. So, for example, you may have known someone for a very long period of time and never was romantically attracted to them in any sort of way. And then sometime later, usually years later, you bump into them somewhere or even see them on social media or something like that. And then suddenly you have this sort of attraction to them that you never had or that you never thought you would have. And this is the sort of attraction energy that I'm speaking of. So, again, there is this sort of aspect of the concept of soul ties that we're talking about that can be considered binding or attracting but not tied in the way that we describe it when we talk about soul ties in the religious aspect. But there is this sort of inherent problem with the idea of soul ties as it's taught to us in religious environments. And that issue is that this concept is based in fear like a lot of other issues in religion. You know, the problem is that people think that they are almost eternally bound to another person simply because they've had sex with them. And this is demonstrably not true. We've all heard the sayings and seen the memes and quotes and such, you know, saying something to the extent of, you know, when a man has sex with a woman, he's depositing his life form into her and, you know, so forth and so on. And it becomes this sort of woo-woo kind of thing where it makes this, you know, some kind of way by, you know, this deposit Quote unquote deposit that the male makes inside of the woman, it has this binding quality to it that's, you know, that's very difficult or near impossible to break. And while it's true that this could possibly be some sort of energy exchange between two people, it has no demonstrable evidence that it's binding in the way that we consider a soul tie to be binding. So the process usually goes something like this we meet someone and immediately click with them one thing leads to another and we end up dating them and having sex with them. Then, you know, for some reason, the relationship ends usually in some sort of bad breakup or unwanted breakup at the very least. And then afterwards we start to feel these feelings of longing and desire for the person that we're no longer with. And a lot of times we let those feelings build and fester until we get to the point of this sort of emotional obsession with this person. And soul tie is sort of the default explanation that we give this sort of obsession. And then that emotional space remains closed off or shut down to anyone else that may come into your life. And as a byproduct of this, no one is allowed to come in. And after, you know, months or years of this sort of behavior, we simply chalk it up to what we call a soul tie. And while this emotional connection that we have is a very, very real thing, it's not the same as what we would consider a soul tie in the religious aspect. And so this sort of leads us to the conversation of soulmates. And basically soulmates is the idea that there is a single person that's out there who is created or made to be the perfect match for you. And not only are they the perfect match, you have to find this perfect match or you have to spend your life looking for this perfect match or, you know, searching for them. Otherwise, you won't be happy. Now, this is, you know, of course, a very romantic idea. And it's truly heart-melting to think that, you know, ladies, there's this Prince Charming guy out there that's, you know, made perfectly for you and that's going to find you and come sweep you off your feet and your life won't be complete until he does. Or guys, there's this perfect woman with the perfect body shape and all of this kind of stuff that's going to be the perfect woman for you. And that these people have been in some way prepared for you their entire lives. But this is just simply not true. I mean, don't get me wrong. A great person can come along into your life that you decide to connect with in whatever way you want to connect with them. And this happens all the time, but this is simply a decision. This is not what we consider a soulmate to be. So in the Bible, there's this story of characters called Ruth and Boaz that this whole idea of soulmates gets romanticized about. And we hear about how Ruth waited on her man and and how Boaz searched her out and all of this good stuff. And the story has become sort of the epitome of the ideal path to a relationship in religious circles. But here's the real truth about it. There's really nothing that's that special about the story of Ruth and Boaz. It's a story that's very common and indicative of the times. And I don't want to get too much into their story here, but really their story of how they met and how they came together, honestly, is not anything that's just super special in terms of like this is something that should be the epitome of a relationship or how a relationship gets formed, you know, and really. And, you know, not to make light of the story at all, because I do think it's important in some aspects, but you could really take any sort of 80s rom-com, for example, and use that story as sort of the epitome of how a relationship should start based on how it ends up. You know, something like 16 candles could be a perfect example of that. So what's the solution to all of this? I mean, how should we sort of view the concept of soul ties and soulmates? Well, I believe that the answer lies in realizing the power that you have to make a decision. You know, we are not bound to any person, place or thing without our own express permission and without our deciding to be. And I think that's important to understand. So I'll say it again. We are not really we are not bound to any person, place or thing without our own express permission or without our decision to be. You know, we may develop romantic and emotional attachments to other people, places, and things. And a lot of times those attachments have different levels. You know, some of them are really strong. Some of them are not that strong. But the only way that something becomes binding in the way that we speak of as in soulmates and soul ties is when you decide for it to be either consciously or unconsciously. The power really does lie in your decision making. Now, this leads us into sort of the subject of sex and how sex plays a part in all of this. Now, everyone that has had a sexual experience with another person knows that it can be the single most loving, most exciting, powerful, exhilarating, most renewing, energizing, affirming, intimate, uniting, most recreative physical experience that we are capable of as human beings. And we take this experience and we overlay all of these thoughts of soul ties and emotions and such over this experience, thus rendering the experience itself less than what it should be. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that sex is something that we shouldn't take seriously or that it's something that we should just be all, you know, willy nilly about or whatever, But at the same time, because of its benefits, it's something that shouldn't have unnecessary things like these concepts of soul ties and soulmates overlaid on top of it. And we can learn and probably should learn and educate ourselves and our youth and all of that kind of stuff about sex and how it works and, you know, the benefits of it or the experiences that come along with things like having sex with another person. But again, overlaying these sort of fear-based concepts on top of it, simply out of, you know, trying to control people, because that's really what it is. You know, simply trying to control people to do that, you know, takes away from this sexual experience and what it should be and the experience that two people should have together when they are involved in sex. And so with these ideas of and about sex and soulmates and soul ties, I think, and just like a lot of other ideas and especially religious ideas like this, that it's time for us to sort of reevaluate these things and reevaluate them in terms of what they mean for us and how they play out in our individual lives. You know, objectively speaking, is it beneficial to overlay things like the idea of something that's untrue or unfounded or undemonstrable? like a soulmate and a soul tie and all of that kind of stuff over the sexual experience and so far by doing so it doesn't seem to have worked out so well we have a lot of people who you know have these ideas that they kind of overlay over these things when they're teaching their children and then their children grow up with these sort of misconstrued ideas about how it works they never do really get this proper education about it You know, so when they actually do get involved in the sexual experience with another person, they really don't know how to handle it. And this is the same thing that happens to us as adults. So as a result, you know, we have sex with another person and we have this amazing experience. And it's great and you feel good about it and all of this kind of stuff. But then you have this overlaying idea of, oh my God, did I just create a soul tie? You know, I didn't have sex with this person who isn't my soulmate, or I don't know if it's my soulmate. And thus, again, it renders that sexual experience basically useless. You know, it feels good. You probably wanna do it some more. You probably got some enjoyment out of it. But you have this thing that's in the back of your mind like, you know, oh my God, did I do something really bad? Or, you know, did I create this tie with this person? Am I going to be, you know, emotionally, or, you know, I have this soul tie that I'm attracted to them and connected to them for the rest of my life and all of this kind of stuff. And then your mental space kind of gets incapacitated with all of that kind of stuff. And then the sexual experience starts to suffer because of that. And so again, I just think it's time that we start to evaluate these concepts look at them for what they are, make changes where necessary. And I think when we do that, we'll be on the path to a greater experience between our humanity and between us as people in our human society.